You were living your life, climbing the ladder and carving out a career for yourself. You had big plans and big ideas. And then you had a baby and everything changed. Just like that. All of it came to a screeching halt. Maybe you kept working or maybe you stayed home. Either way, your world suddenly became very small. And though you were never alone, you were always lonely. You silently asked yourself, where did I go? Who is that tired looking woman staring back at me in the mirror? Until you remembered something very important. You aren't just a mother. You are a mother plus artist, a mother plus entrepreneur, a mother plus musician, a mother plus yogi. You can have an identity outside of motherhood. My name is Stacy Hudson. I'm a mother to two under four, plus writer, certified health coach, aspiring entrepreneur, and athlete. My name is Stephanie Springer. I'm a mother to 10 and 15-year-old girls, plus writer, music therapist, producer, singer, and teacher. Here, we will interview mom bosses, entrepreneurs, artists, athletes, and passionate hobbyists and talk about how to find the thing that lights you up again. You're in there. We know it. You just have to find her again. Welcome to the Mother Plus Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mother Plus Podcast. Steph and I are pretty psyched because we just hit our 50th episode yesterday. We did. Yeah, I feel and we're so proud of ourselves. (laughs) Aren't we, Steph? (laughs) It is is a super big deal for us. Yes. So I've got Steph with me today. Hi, Steph. Hi, Stace. And I have a special friend that I met through a business group who is just this beautiful human being. I've been on Zoom calls with her for the past year, you know, sporadically throughout throughout the year. And every time I talk to her, I feel like I am talking to somebody that I've known for years. She just kind of has that way about her. And we decided it would be great to have her on the podcast because she is a listener as well as somebody who has a lot to contribute. She is a registered dietitian on a mission to empower busy moms struggling with pain and inflammation so that they can lose weight, gain energy, and live their best life. She believes in a holistic approach to health and wellness, and there is no one-size-fits-all diet. Lucy Hutchings is a homeschooling mom of three, whoa, host of the Healthy Mama podcast and is the owner of Wellness From Within Nutrition LLC, where she provides nutrition coaching to anyone ready to start their health journey and take control of their life. Lucy Hutchings, welcome to the Mother Plus podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It just seems weird to be on here because I've been listening for so long and I never really thought of myself as being a guest done on the podcast. So it's pretty cool to be here. We are so happy to have you. We are. We have so many different things we want to talk about with you today, but we always start with the basics. Tell us about your family. Sure. So I have three kids, ages six, eight, and 11. I homeschool when we've been doing that from the beginning. And um, yeah, and and I'm married <laughs> to my husband. And we live in in New Hampshire, so it's actually kind of rural, you know. So uh, we kind of live out in the middle of nowhere, kind of feel like. So I have never met anybody from New Hampshire. I'm so excited that this oh. is my first New Hampshire in. <laughs> Are you from there originally? Um, Massachusetts originally, and then um, my husband and I both were from Massachusetts, and then we decided that it was just we just needed some space. We needed some quiet when we had kids, and so that's how we ended up here. Ha, quiet when you had kids. That's funny. 
I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So tell us about your business and how it came to be. Okay. So the story is that it was a little over a year ago, my husband and I, we just, we were both working in, in healthcare. He is a registered nurse. I'm a registered dietitian. We had our hospitals and we had been frustrated for a while. Um, definitely for him, COVID was really hard because he was in the ER. So he Ooh. spent two years dealing with that and, and, you know, he was burnt out beyond belief. So we, we both were really disappointed with the healthcare system and with our jobs. And so we both left. Wow. Maybe it was a little bit of a midlife crisis. Um, I don't know. We, it was not like any kind of dangerous financial situation. We knew that we could get by. We didn't know what we were going to do, but we knew we had to change. So we left our jobs and I said, okay, well, I'm a registered dietitian. I can just open my own business. And so I thought I would just, you know, create a website and, um, you know, put up some posts and start a business. It's not exactly that easy. So (laughs) spoiler alert. Yeah. I did figure out that I needed to get, you know, a business coach and start um, taking some business classes and lessons and, and doing all that. So I was able to uh, get involved in a excellent coaching program. And so that is, that's kind of how it was born. I decided I wanted to have a podcast along with it. I, you know, got my LLC. I ended up in the long run getting a, a virtual, it was all virtual, but I ended up in the long run getting a, an actual space. So now I have a brick and mortar space as well as my whole virtual business. And Which is so cool. I just yeah. That must thing. feel so satisfying. Yes. It was only three months ago and it felt, I mean, when I got the brick and mortar business, it just felt so real, even Mm -hmm. though of course I'd been in business for a year, but there was, there was a difference when I got Mm -hmm. that. It just became so much more real when I furnished it and hung up my sign with my business name and everything. It was, it was pretty cool. Now I have so many questions I know, and and I want to, I want to know everything. How much of your of your day or your week? Are you in that space? I mean, we basically want to know how you make it all work as an entrepreneur and a mom of three. Um, No, I think that's a great question. So I'm actually, all right. So I've been a stay-at-home mom mostly because as a dietitian, I was working per diem. So I was only working, you know, a few days a month. So I had to transition to being a working mom and that was a, that's been pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. So I did end up getting a nanny several months ago, but I have been through two nannies at this point and I have not found the right one. So now I am mostly staying, working from my house and only taking appointments at my, at my studio when I can balance that with my husband or you know, a friend can watch or something. And then I do monthly uh, events at my studio. So I am, I am using it, but I'm not there every day. Like I was when I had a nanny. So, Got it. You know, it'll change as I get, as I find the right nanny. You're constantly <laughs> reassessing, right? Yes. Uh, well, and Stacy can relate to that, to that between yeah. nanny, like yeah. purgatory. This is a little bit off topic, but can I just say how, beautiful it is that you have an, uh, an actual office 
guests, I think actually on one of our more recent startup schools calls, we talked about the frustration of Instagram and how you get so caught up in it and you've, you've decided, or you've been told it is the only way to grow your business. Everything is online based now. Right. And how impactful it can be when you step away from the computer and the phone and you have events where you're meeting people face to face and that they can come to see you in your office. And I think that being somebody who just like really appreciates uh, social connection, like in-person connection, I just feel like that's so special, like, because it's, it's like reading a book with pages, right? Like what a crazy concept. (laughs) Right. And and actually I am much more of a a book reader than I cannot read things on a screen. So yeah, I'm the same, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So just to well, comment do you, on how beautiful that is. That's all. I know. I totally agree. Do you do you have more details you want to share with us about what it is like to be an entrepreneur and mom of three, especially factoring in the homeschooling? Yeah. Because what so, what grades are your kids? What grades are? Let's see. I guess they would be first, third, and fifth grade. Okay, that's what I was guessing with yeah. their ages, but okay. So it's, it's been an interesting journey. I think that at this point I would, I would call what we're doing unschooling or life schooling. I don't see how I would be able to do it any other way and, and still work on my business. And unless maybe if they were a little older, but really there's no time in my day for me to sit down and do schoolwork. Mm -hmm. So they have their schoolwork at this point. Uh, We definitely took many months, maybe close to a year where it was just, it was just whatever experiences they were having. That was their school. At this point, we have been able to incorporate some more actual, you know, book work. It's not a lot, but they're independent enough to be able to do it on their own. They have their list. They can do it while I'm working at the Mm -hmm. kitchen table or something. So overall, it's been pretty hard. (laughs) I'm not Mm going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. Don't sugarcoat it. Yeah, we don't yeah, like that. Is that is not this podcast? Yeah, and how needy are they? Are they constantly just asking for your help, or do they just are they very independent? I mean, obviously they're I a little bit older. Think but... Compared to other kids, they're probably a little more on the independent side, and and they have learned independence over this last year. I mean, the, a great deal of independence. Um, luckily, they like the little one. He's kind of the baby, <laughs> so he gets a lot of special treatment, and they will cater to him. So they will play the games that he wants to play. They will make him lunch. I mean, they're really responsible to make their own lunch, but Mm -hmm. they, they have learned how to, I think because we've homeschooled from the beginning, they know how to entertain themselves. They know how to get things done. They know how to meet their needs. Um, They're just, they're pretty independent, luckily. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. also my husband has really had to step up during this process. Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine came to me the other day and and announced that she was starting a business and she wanted all of, all of my advice and all of my, my recommendations. And she wanted to know how to, how should she balance, you know, the husband and the house and the kids and, and work. And I was totally honest with her that it's, it's really difficult and you're going to have to ask for help. You're going to have to delegate and you're going to have to expect that your husband is going to step up a little bit. He, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom for all these years. So I was doing the cooking and the cleaning and, and the kids. I cannot do that. And I can't feel guilty about it. So that's the other thing I, I was telling her is, you know, 
I do ask my husband to do a lot more. He is doing more than 50% of the meals. He's doing a lot of, you know, carting the kids around. He's, he's having to just do way more than he was before. And I can't let myself feel bad about it. I have to just be totally okay with me pursuing my passion and starting this. It's for the good of the family, but it's also because this is just what I want to do. And he just, he has to support that. I mean, in order to make it work, we have to both be working as hard as we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like for some people, that's a harder transition than others. I struggle with it a lot. I don't know if I was just raised in a very traditional manner where I'm like, no, but the woman, both my parents work, but for whatever reason, I really, really struggle with asking for help, not feeling guilty, accepting that the only way this house is going to work, if we agree that I'm taking this job, you need to take this on. I could have that conversation with them. And then a week later, something comes up where I'm like drowning. And the last thing I do is ask for help. And it's, it's just a constantly a work in progress. And I hear it in your voice that you've been working on it for a while for yourself. Like I cannot, I will not feel guilty. Like you're, yes. this is the way it has to be. It's it just common sense, really. Like this it's, is the it's, time it's we common have. sense. And also I feel like a really helpful guidepost is dads aren't helping. They're, they're not babysitters. <laughs> they, they're not, it's good for them to, to know what it feels like to have to rush to pick up a kid on time and get them someplace and to be the one that picks up groceries on the way home because you're doing like, this is good for them. It's good for the family. It's good for their relationships with the kids. It's good for everybody. It's not someone doing you a favor, you know? Yeah. Right. And it, and it's a journey. I absolutely have to remind myself a lot that, you know, it, it happens all the time where I, I, all of a sudden I'm feeling guilty that I'm not able to make dinner and that he, he needs to step up. And then I, I just have to keep reminding myself, no, this is, this is the journey. This is what we're doing. Yeah. It's okay for him to come home from work and make dinner, even though yeah. sure he comes home from work and would rather not, but I have meetings, I have work to do. I have mm -hmm. so much, I can't take on that guilt. And so I, I yeah. just have to keep reminding myself. Good for you. I mean, I feel like the, like you said, Stacy, even though your parents provided an example of both, this is not just like necessarily our family of origin. Like these are systems that we've been dealing with for generations. It's, it's not going to be overnight. We're just like, Hey, wait, that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to feel we don't like, it's going to take a while. Mm -hmm. It's going to take a while, I think yeah. to, un to undo all of that. I know we could totally go down this rabbit hole and we want to hear about your actual work yeah. too, because we're both so interested in it. So Stacy, yeah, take it, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the actual work that you do with your clients. Can you tell us about the difference between a client who lives with their digestive issues and one who is healing or is healed? Yeah. Um, so having worked in the hospital for so long in patient where I, I was a clinical dietitian, so I was working with the patients that were admitted and that's where, that's where I really saw a lot of what it was like to just live the subpar life. These were people that had digestive issues or cholesterol issues, heart issues, um, autoimmune issues, all, all the things. And they, they just accepted 
where they were as their lot in life. This was their fate. They were pretty miserable. Um, it was very difficult as a dietitian to work with them because th they were only in there for such a short period of time. I couldn't build up any rapport or, or build any relationship with them where I could get them to see in another way. So they, you know, they were just dealing with it. It's like, okay, add more medication, go for another procedure, just, you know, never be able to reach your, your dreams of your, whatever you wanted to do, because this is what you're dealing with. And the, what really frustrated me was that the doctors felt the same way. They were just providing more medications, offering more procedures and basically saying, well, this, this is what you have to deal with. If you have this condition, then this, this is how it is. Nobody was talking about like, you know, lifestyle changes, like, Aww. you know, maybe, maybe my, to my, my toes are curling. Stacy's throwing her hands up in the so air. Uncomfortable and so angry. You know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I still, when I talk to people now that are looking for help, this is their story too. I mean, they're talking about how, what their journey, how their doctors aren't giving them any other options. And it's, it's so frustrating. And so when somebody does take control and they start to make these lifestyle changes and they start to make, it's not just the food changes. There's, you know, a whole lot more to inflammation. There's your stress and your sleep and your physical activity and toxins in your life and, and in your products. It's, there's just so much to it. And when they start making these little changes, all of a sudden there's possibilities, all of a sudden their energy increases, all of a sudden they might, they, their dreams might actually be able to to come true. They might lose weight. They might bring their cholesterol down. I mean, there's so many things that you can do with just diet and lifestyle changes. So that's why I'm so passionate about my job and why I'm so happy to be working so hard because it mm -hmm. is a hard job, but that's what drives me each day to get up and say, okay, here's another day working an entrepreneurial life. Right. You know, to this help people. This has echoes of our conversation with with Polly, the the pelvic floor physical therapist, again with her experience with doctors, and and I shared some of my own as far as like, oh yeah, bummer, this sucks. There's really nothing you can do, and just what a prevalent perspective that is in the medical community, and and how discouraging it is because if if you're already if you are a mom and you're juggling your kids, your house, maybe work as well you have only so much energy to want to advocate for your own health and wellness. And if, if doctors are shutting down and just saying like, ah, oh, this, like you have to go those extra steps to advocate for yourself and to, and to find, to find help. And I feel like the more practitioners there are like you who are sending this clear message of like, yes, you do have to put in some time and effort and, and work, but it's, it's doable. It's out there, you know? Yes. And yeah. it's, there's no quick fix to this. That's something that's really important that people understand is that when you are going to make these lifestyle changes and these diet changes, it's not a diet that you're on for a few weeks or a few months or something. This is like a forever thing. This is, this is a, a lifestyle change that will actually, you know, be something that you can follow forever and just, you know, be a, a healthier person. So my husband has had colitis for since his teen years and he went away to college and then it started getting really bad, which makes sense because he was eating and drinking all these things he wasn't drinking before. 
had seen specialists and every single one of them told him the same thing. It has nothing to do with your diet. It has <laughs> nothing to do with drinking. You know, th this is just your body and this is the medication you'll need to take. And, he, and, you know, he figured some of this out before he met me, but when he met me, we really pushed it over the edge because I've always been really into health. And like, he's like, I am never, ever taking medication again for colitis. Cause like the best solution is definitely lifestyle changes, diet changes. It just blows my mind. Like it infuriates yeah. me. Like I get so angry. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. That they're just people can look you in the eye, and either they really do believe that or they're lying. Uh, either way, <laughs> I know. I mean, ignorant people, people have asked me, like, you know, why? Why is it like that? And I think a lot of it is just you got to remember how doctors are educated. They are, you know, they're brought through the the medical system in a certain way. They they're just they have the same kind of mentality of they're, they're there to treat you. They're there to figure out how to decrease symptoms and, um, you know, treat the, the disease, but they're not trained to figure out the root cause of that disease. That's not part of their training at all. And I also have to remind people that they have to follow a standard of care. They can't really deviate from it because, they would be liable. They There would be lawsuits if anything happened and they didn't follow the exact standard of care. And so their hands are kind of tied. And then also it just takes so long for the medical community to get in up with the, the latest studies. I mean, it just, it's ridiculous. I mean, the stuff that they wanted me to say when I worked in the hospital was just insane. It was I, I, that's why I could never go back there because they were so behind the times that they're still telling, they're still providing terrible food for these patients and they're still providing terrible information, advice and, and guidance. And, and I would get in trouble all the time. They kept telling me, you have to stick with, with these protocols. You have to stick with this information, you, you know, evidence-based information. It has to be approved. And it was just, driving, you know, I was definitely the black sheep of the staff, you know, you know, what makes me so happy in the last um, year, I've had two really positive interactions when taking my kids to the doctor. My, my kid had um, an infection that required antibiotics. And he was also like, you know what, you don't want to do dairy and gluten right now. And because, you know, the mucus and the sinus and the ear. And I was like, thank you for saying that. Wow. And, you know, another time my, my other one was having like tummy issues and it was like, okay, some Zofran for nausea. And yes, you need to do the, the fiber or whatever, but like, also let's explore how anxiety is playing a role in this. Let's, oh. let's talk about therapy. And again, nutrition, she said, Hey, if you are gluten intolerant, it's your daughter might be too. So let's, let's do this. And I was like, okay, so here's, wow. here's a These balance of like, here's some medication, here's some right. diagnostic stuff, but also there's another side of this. They didn't have to be registered dietitians or therapists to be able to say there's another angle here. You know, right. it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I, that's what makes, that's what makes me so angry, you know? Yes. It's, so. it's so frustrating and it's all over the place. That's 
you know, so many people have the same complaint, but that's awesome that you actually interacted with some, had some positive experiences. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I will, I will never forget the first pediatrician I took my daughter to. I told her, I told her, she asked what I was feeding her. She was like a little over one. And I mentioned bone broth, liver, and like, I can't remember what else. And she was just appalled. She's like, wow, why would you feed your baby bone broth? That doesn't make any sense. And we're done. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. I I got some really bad looks because I was into baby led weaning with, Mm -hmm. with all three of mine. And they definitely were not okay with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you know, that's, I think that was awesome. I want to know if there are like certain just general themes and like advice that no matter what a client might be working on, who's dealing with different types of, of, um, challenges or inflammation or pain that you might just be like, pretty much everyone I work with, I'm going to tell them to do these things. Uh, yes. So there, if I had to just pick a couple things, then it would probably be the processed foods. Mm-hmm. And then the sugar, mm-hmm. those are two huge things that I just across the board work with people right away at decreasing uh, the amount of sugar that's in our diet, especially when it comes to kids, but even us as adults, the amount of sugar is is so high and it is so inflammatory. It is so damaging. And then all the processed carbs, that's just not, not helping. So when I work with somebody, I'm just concentrating on getting nutrients into their diet too, because, you know, it maybe, maybe you don't have a problem with bread. That's fine. But bread's not really giving you, it's not packing you with nutrients, you know, vitamins and minerals and other things that, that you can get from, from vegetables and from, you know, good quality proteins. So we're going to work on getting rid of some of those things that aren't benefiting us and then packing it with more of the really nutrient filled foods. And then fats would be the other thing. And that's a whole other, that's a, that's a whole other rabbit hole because we've come from the low fat diet craze, the eighties and nineties, um, diet culture, and it was all low fat, everything. And even though we've figured out that, that, that wasn't really actually that helpful, it's still really hard for people to change their ways because it's ingrained in us. They feel like, okay, if I'm working on my health, then I should skip the butter. I should eat, you know, just lemon juice on my vegetables or something. You know, they, they're just so in the habit of getting rid of the fats that even though they know, okay, I should be using olive oil more, it's still hard to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there's just the presence of the vegetable and seed oils and every single thing you buy and every restaurant you eat in, it's just nearly impossible to get away from it. The bad oils. And unless you're cooking full-time at home, which I'm sure so many of your clients are like, I don't have time for that. Which is where your processed foods come in. And if you're reading those labels, even if there's a bunch of healthy ingredients and there's probably also like Stacey said, the crappy oils and sugar that are just everywhere. So if you did have just like two quick tips, like anyone listening can incorporate these two things right now to change, what, how would you distill that? So I would start off, number one is becoming more aware. So sometimes that's all it takes is once you start noticing what you're eating and you start actually flipping the package over and reading the ingredient list, sometimes that's all it takes to start making better choices when you realize 
how much junk is in the food that you're eating, you might make other choices. And you can do that without even, without telling yourself that if there's this in it, I won't eat it. Or, or if there's more than this many ingredients, you don't have to make any of those commitments. You can just start reading the ingredient list without any expectation on yourself. Mm. And that right there, that awareness will start opening your mind. It will start allowing you to think about what you're eating and and what other choices you have. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing I would say is, this is not food related, but it's start putting yourself first. Because what I notice when I'm working with busy moms is that their, their self, their health is just so far down on the priority list that it is so hard to make any changes. If we talk about a goal and then they say, well, I don't have any time to do that. Or if they come back the next week and they say, well, I never got to it. It's probably because their schedule is way too full. They're putting everyone else higher on the priority list than them, their, their career, their kids, their family, their house, their pets. I mean, I've seen it all. And you have to start to, to realize that taking care of yourself is actually one of the biggest priorities. Since if you're not healthy, you can't be there for your career, your husband, your kids, your, your family. And so that's where it really has to start. And I have to add one more thing though, because (laughs) I can't just do two things. The other thing is getting rid of this all or nothing idea of either being on a healthy path or off a healthy path on a diet or not on a diet. Yeah. This is really tricky because people feel they get overwhelmed. They say, okay, well, I have so many changes that I would have to make that I'm not going to do it right now. I'm too overwhelmed. I'm too busy. I don't have time. And that's where I want to reinforce the idea that it doesn't have to be big. It can be very small changes and baby steps. They work. Baby steps really do work. It's amazing. If you just start doing tiny little things each day, it creates this momentum mm-hmm. and motivation to keep going and it adds up and you know the overwhelm is going to hold you back if you let it so just really start with baby steps baby steps work and then if you quote unquote fall off or do something bad that doesn't mean you are no longer healthy and it's over it just right even just that language right like how many times do you hear someone say like oh i was bad today yeah And like, I mean, I think we can arguably say like, yes, eating healthy whole foods is a good thing and eating a bunch of shit is a bad thing. Like, I, yes, I feel like we can, but just that notion of like, I did something bad. I fell off the wagon. I'm not like, I, I just think it's such a damaging mindset for women who are trying to make healthy choices. Somebody messaged me this morning, somebody that I'm working with, her message was, I was bad this weekend. I had chocolate cake and cupcakes. And I just asked her to just shift that language to, I had something that had more sugar than I was planning on. And that is supportive to my body, but it brought me joy. I was at a party and this was joyful. And now I can, you know, focus on getting some more nutrients this today that will just be more supportive to my body. You know, it's not, it's not a bad or good type of thing. We're not bad because we ate sugar. Right. Right. 
all three of your things were mental shifts. Not one of them was mm. what you're actually changing. Right. Like yeah. everybody ditch gluten, which I am gluten free. So I'm all right. Um, you, you don't have to get me on that. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I like that, too. That was a great observation and yeah. a good segue into our next question. Lucy, you teach women to prioritize themselves, your clients. Let's talk about how you do that for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a good question. And I've actually been challenged before. There was a friend that followed me and she was like, you know, do you really do this stuff? You know, do you really put yourself first? So it's funny that you're asking me this question now. And it's, I struggle just as much as the next mom. This is not easy for me. I have to remind myself. I have to, you know, uh, you know, get that overwhelm out of my, out of my head and figure out what are the little things. And so some of the things are that, you know, that I ask my husband to participate and, and I don't, you know, I try not to feel bad about it so that we can get healthy meals on the table still, because that is so important to me. Of course we have the occasional pizza, but that's just not our norm. It's not like a regular thing. So making sure that I get food on the table that is good for my body and good for the family, that's a priority to me. So I do, I do work on that. Um, you know, my physical, physical health is important. And that's something I have struggled with. You know, I, I, I'm not a physically active, like I, I've, I don't have any sports that I grew up playing. I was more into the music thing. And so for me, I have to be very conscious. And again, so it means that on the weekends, there's a couple classes that I take at a a local um, fitness studio. I love them, but it requires some effort from my family because now, you know, they're doing breakfast without me and all the things. So I, I have to just be okay with asking them to change their schedule a little bit so that I can take care of myself. Um, trying to think if there's any other examples, but. Well, there's a kind of a big example that we're excited to hear about because for anyone who listened to our, our episode about taking a momcation, that was episode 13. Um, 13. Okay. Yes. Is the momcation episode. Mm-hmm. And that that one was really inspiring. And, and a lot of like, I think it's easy to have this knee jerk reaction of like, oh, my God, that's such a huge thing. I could never I could never. But you took a momcation. So what a perfect example of, of walking the walk of, of teaching moms to prioritize themselves. So you did it. You went on a trip by yourself. Tell us about how you came to do that and what steps you needed to take to make that happen. Yeah. So it was your episode that put the idea into my head. Yay. Yeah. (laughs) So I listened to that and it was so impactful. I mean, I, I just started to crave it. I, I, I don't think I'd ever even considered taking some kind of vacation without my family before, or even allowed myself to think that that was okay. And then I heard that episode and it just stuck with me. So then through this business uh, program that I'm in, they had a two-day conference in Florida. And so I signed up. I mean, there was really no thinking. I mean, it was just like, yes, I'm going. And I that's not even a negotiable conversation. I'm going to this. So 
it was two days and my brother happens to live in that area and I, and a couple other friends because he's been living there for so long. I have a little bit of community there. And so it seemed obvious to me to make that a longer vacation. So it ended up being a seven day trip. <gasps> yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. And it just, you know, I think part of it to be fair is that it was in a location that I was comfortable with. You know, I'd flown to Tampa before kids so many times. And so I, that part was not something that I even had to think about. Um, I'd been to that airport. I knew that my brother was there and could just pick me up and I'd have some place to stay. And then I would go to the conference and uh, my, my husband was definitely totally not in favor. He understood that I was going to go to the conference, but he didn't understand why in the world I would add on days to my trip since I was already going to be gone three nights. Why would I add more? Crazy. Yeah. And I had to just stand my ground because he definitely, you know, was pushing. He was questioning. He was really trying to convince me to not leave him with the kids and everything for so many days. And it just was not even negotiable to me. I mean, it really was like, no, this is exactly what I'm doing and I need to. And you are completely capable of being without me for seven days. The kids are old enough to be without me. And I wasn't really sure how it was going to work. I mean, I kind of thought that I would miss the kids. I thought that I would have a hard time. I thought that I would be getting phone calls from them constantly. And I was thinking, well, I'll just, you know what (laughs) I was thinking, I was going to call and remind him of all the things that he needed to do. Like, okay, don't forget to wash the, the clothes on this day. Don't forget to bring them to these activities. And when I got there, the whole schedule went out of my head. Like I didn't even think about what they were doing and I never called to remind them of anything. I mean, I didn't even have time, but it just, you know, it was just go, go, go. The whole experience was so surreal, really. (laughs) This is amazing. I'm so happy for you. Tell us, tell after the conference part, what like lovely life-giving nourishing things did you do for yourself on this trip? Oh my goodness. I I have to explain how crazy it was to be on my own. So just when they, when I got dropped off at the airport here in New Hampshire, I was all of a sudden freed of everything. I mean, just walking through the airport, finding some food to bring on the plane and like, you know, getting there, you know, doing the flight changes. And it was just, I had no, nothing hanging on me, no responsibilities. It was the weirdest thing. And then I was popping around to different places when I was down there too. I'd spent two nights at my brother's girlfriend's house and then a night at his house. And then I spent the day with some, with another friend. And then I had to go to the conference where I stayed in an Airbnb. I was just like, I had my, my carry on bag and my, my purse or my laptop bag. And I was just going from place to place just with those two bags and myself. And it was insane. I mean, it's the weirdest feeling to not have anyone else to think about after 11 years of being a mom and traveling around, not thinking about anything else, but these two bags and myself. So, so crazy. Uh, so one of the things that I did down there was uh, my, my girlfriend took me on a paddleboard trip 
at Tarpon Springs and that, you know, somewhere outside of Tampa. And it was, it's like a river and it's, we rented paddle boards and it was a four hour paddleboard trip where you don't have anything with you except some snacks. I had no phone for like five hours straight. And it was a four hour paddle boat ride down this river where we're just, you know, we didn't, I didn't stand. I'm not that good. I was sitting on the paddle board rowing and uh, there's manatees in the water, jumped off the, the paddle board to swim with manatees. And it was just totally crazy to be cut off from the world and my family for that many hours, no phone, no communication. I mean, it was, it was just insane. <laughs> I, my face hurts from smiling so much. (laughs) So cool. I'm so psyched. I cannot believe that. Like, I can't believe that listening to our episode inspired this. And I just imagine like women across the country, just this domino effect of like somebody else hearing you talk about this and being like, you know what? I could use that too. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. I love it. That's amazing. So it's like, it just gave me the confidence. I feel like there's some obvious answers here, but but what what came out of it for you? And how yeah. did you feel when you returned and how did it change you? I think that when I came back, I just learned a lot. I learned I learned that my husband was extremely capable. Nobody died. They made it to most of their activities without me reminding them. They did run out of clean clothes, but they figured out to you know, do a load of laundry. The kids survived. They hardly called me until the last day. And that was when they were done. They were just calling all throughout that last day to get me home. And I just felt so, so rejuvenated. Definitely. When I came back, I mean, I'd had seven days without the kids. I felt very, very confident. I felt very empowered. Like I was this very strong woman on this crazy entrepreneurial path. And I was just going to plow through this, you know, so that was in at the end of 2022. So I was just super excited about 2023 and just making my business grow. I learned a lot in the conference as well. So, you know, I was super excited to come back and just start working on my business. And it just gave me focus. Like I knew what I was doing. I knew that this was the right thing to do and exciting of all exciting. I'm going again next month. (gasps) Oh my God. To to the conference again, or just to Florida for fun. Another two day conference that I'm doing a, I'm extending the trip so that this time it's six days. I compromise and I'm only going for six days. (laughs) Yeah. This is fantastic. I know. Wonderful. That's what that's what he said too. My husband was like, "So you mean you're compromising by going six days instead of seven days?" And I said, "Absolutely. I mean, I gave up a whole day. That that was a big compromise." You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. A change of personnel is so good for everybody. I think. Yeah. Wonderful. Um. Well, tell us, uh, tell us what all the excuses were that you told yourself why you shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. 
So that's a good question. I don't think I really had many excuses. I was mm. pretty determined and set on going. I, you could easily say, well, you shouldn't be away from your kids so long or, you know, what's going to happen? Or my husband had to take a couple of days off from work and all the things they really didn't cross my mind or, or just interfere in the least bit. I just knew that, you know, it all started with listening to that episode and feeling like, <laughs> I'm allowed to do this. I am totally okay. It's okay for mom to go on a vacation. Right. Do you think that confidence has grown to being a mom for 11 years? It's like, it's been long enough. Like it is my time now. Like I, you know, I feel like for some of us, it it just takes, it takes years to like come to that conclusion of it's okay. I am worthy. Like this is acceptable. This is not just insane for me to ask. Yeah. I think even when I started the business, uh, when my oldest was 10, I think at that point I felt like, you know, I don't need to be this full-time stay-at-home mom anymore. It's okay for me to explore other areas and, and to do something. And you know, for them to see what I'm doing is absolutely incredible. You know, I say that we took a lot of time off from, from homeschool and they were doing more life school, unschool type things, but they were, they were watching my, my journey. I mean, they were learning an incredible amount, seeing what I was going through, seeing me, you know, I had to learn how to get on social media. I'd never done that before. I didn't even have like a Instagram account or Facebook or anything. So I had to learn that whole thing. I had to learn how to be strong and and be okay with going live on Facebook and, and doing all these videos and, and work on getting clients so that I had an income. I mean, they, they learned so much. And we also did together, the kids and I, we uh, did a table at a big, very big event at a, it was like a Christmas fair. And so the kids, they worked on all kinds of things that they were going to sell at this fair. And I was working on, this was kind of like my big coming out with my business. I worked on all the, the promotional materials and all the things that I wanted to sell and and do for at this fair. And we kind of shared a table and they were learning so much, so many business skills that hopefully they will feel empowered to, to be able to do whatever they want when they get older. So the whole thing, I mean, there's just so much learning going on that, you know, I, I really wasn't concerned about them not sitting down and doing history and, and math and stuff. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right. Well, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on your new-ish Instagram account? (laughs) Yes. And uh, your website. And I just, I love your story so much. And I'm so glad that we met you. And I'm so glad that you found our podcast. Me too. Okay. Well, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Those are both Lucy Hutchings RD. That's my handle on both of those. And I'm definitely more of a Facebook person. So that's where I have way more content. That's where I have my private Facebook group for women that are are working on an anti-inflammatory journey. And I'm the host of the Healthy Mama podcast. So you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can find me at lucyhutchingsrd.com. You really are a, an example for the people that you're working with. Mm-hmm. 
about prioritizing yourself and your health and, and part of our health is our, our happiness and our sanity and our ability to relax and receive. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. this has been so inspiring to listen to how you just confidently advocated for your needs. Right. You, you have to have that, that mindset, you have to have it in your head that it's okay. And actually, this is what I was telling my friend that was coming to me for some business advice. She kind of didn't want to ask her husband for to, to have to step up. She didn't want to put him out too much. And she was kind of fig- asking me like, so how can you do it without asking too much of your husband? And I said, you need to know your why. You need to know why you're doing it. Why are you starting this business? You need to understand that your passions are just as important as anyone else's and, and that it will create some areas where he's going to have to step up more, but that that's okay. We deserve Mm -hmm. it. I deserve to fulfill my desire to create this, this business and be independent of any kind of healthcare system or hospital setting that I will never go back to. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to, that that's where it starts. It's just a, mi- a mental thing. It's a mindset. You have to be okay with it in order yeah. to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Lucy, thank you so much. It's just been, it's been really inspiring listening to you talk about your business and your momcation. And I think the common thread between those is, is your mindset and your confidence to not just yourself, but, but women everywhere and, and your clients in particular to advocate for your own health and happiness. And you're a really great example of that. Thank you so much. And I, you know, I'm just so happy to be here. I think that was awesome. This was a great conversation. Yeah, it really was. Oh, so fun. Um, All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Have a good rest of your day, Lucy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. How cool was that episode? Just to recap, our guest, Lucy Hutchings, listened to episode 13 of our podcast, This Mom Took a Vacation by Herself, Here's What Happened, with Laura Guska, which then inspired her to take her own momcation. I have to know, do we have any other listeners out there who took a momcation after listening to that episode? If you did, or you just have your own amazing momcation story, I need you to contact us at hello at motherplusser.com and tell us all about it. We would love to have you on the show. I think the more proof we have out there that there are moms who are doing this, taking time for themselves, the more we can inspire other moms to do it as well. Steph and I have this dream, pie in the sky dream of creating our own momcation retreat with the Mother Plus podcast audience. I want us to band together and normalize moms taking time for themselves because they want to. So send us the information about it. If you went, we will get you on the show. We will make this a regular series of moms who are taking momcations and telling other moms about it. If you want to stay updated on upcoming Mother Plus events, please visit www.motherplus.com forward slash sign up hyphen page. See you next week, guys. It's been a pleasure.